0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. This morning, I want to talk on the topic of her legacy, and I've been joined here on stage with my two daughters, and I'm just going to actually ask if they would introduce themselves, tell everybody who you are, and maybe a little bit about you say, I don't know, maybe if you're married or you've got kids or something you want to let us know, maybe. I don't know. But, hey, let's start with you, Brid. Um,
1: So, my name's Bailey. I'm the youngest and favourite child. Um, I've been married for two years now. No, <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Okay. Um, and I, um, yeah, I was just upstage, like, two seconds ago. So, oh, you've seen awesome. me. Awesome, good. Um,
2: my name's Jordan. Um, I'm the oldest of us, I was going to say daughter, but also oldest in general. Not the favourite. Faye right, she is the favourite. And I am married and I've been married for just over two years now.
0: Awesome. That's good. Wonderful. Well, we're talking about her legacy and we just want to remind us that a legacy to me is about making a contribution to the next generation. And I believe there's no greater opportunity than the role of motherhood to be able to make that contribution to the next generation. But we have to remember that the Bible refers to the church as the family of God. It talks about us being the household of faith. So I want us this morning to have a revelation that it's not just the responsibility of mums To leave a legacy, but it's actually the responsibility of every believer to leave a legacy for those uh, who are following. And so, this morning, I'm going to look at a scripture. It's Psalm seventy-eight. It's often referred to as the hymn for the home. So, I'm just going to encourage, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you'd like to turn to Psalm seventy-eight, and uh, if you don't, it will come up on the screen there. But there are four principles that Psalm 78 covers that we should be passing on to the next generation, the legacy that we need to leave. And we're gonna discuss those this morning, but I'm gonna read first, Psalm 78, verses one to seven. It says, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. As I've already mentioned this morning, I believe that we have a responsibility to leave a legacy, to tell the next generation. Um, But it's also a responsibility of the next generation to walk in the legacy that you and I have left. And so this morning, I just thought we're going to discuss these principles uh, with my daughters, because I thought we could talk about what we've done in terms of the principles that are in Psalm 78 as parents to be able to lay the uh, um, the principles for the legacy. But I want you to hear from them how they have taken hold of that and walked in that legacy. So the first thing that I see, the first principle contained in Psalm 78 is that we've got to teach our children God's greatness. Verses one to four, it says, tell about his power, And the wonders that he has done. You see, we need to tell this next generation about the wonders of God. We need to tell them what God has done. I believe that those following behind us should be awestruck at this amazing God. And we do that obviously through Bible stories. You look at accounts in the Bible. We do that about recounting great men and women of the faith who've gone before us and some of their testimonies. But one of the greatest ways, we can tell people about the greatness of our God is to share the testimonies that He's done in our world, the things that He's done for us, where He's come through. When we've invited Him through prayer and we've asked Him into our situations and circumstances and when we sit with our children and tell them how great God is, what He did, what I faced and how that implication on my life and what outworked in that, it's how we lay a legacy with doing it. It's our responsibility and I just want to actually start by asking you, Geordie, Can you tell me what that looked like for you growing up in our house?
2: Yeah, um, for us, I think you and Dad never shied away from praise reports and sharing God's greatness, um, and through and that could be looking through um, praise reports within church, and they're always age-appropriate and information. Just enough that we need to know, oh, God did this in someone's life. Or, oh, God did this. This person can now have a baby. like, And just bringing that. And I think personally, you're always great in shining God's greatness into our situations. So I remember in year six, I broke my leg. And that was like a devastating time for me because I had a cast on. And I just hated the idea. And I just did not like it. And then I remember going to the hospital, like, yep, it's broken, you're going to have this cast on for eight weeks. They said, you might even after that need to wear a moon boot. And I was just, like, devastated. Like, I, I don't know, it was just like, I, I think maybe I had something coming up, or I was just like, no, I don't, I don't want to be that kid around school with a moon boot. Like, I was just like, no. And so I remember, like, so a week went by, and like, the whole time we'd been praying, and like, you guys just encouraged um, me, just, you know what, pray to God about it. Because something you guys have always said is, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I think the second week, they did just a checkup, And they're like, oh, it's actually really healed. We can take this cast off. Like, they were shocked because, like, they said, no, no, definitely eight weeks, definitely a moon boot after that. Like, And it was just one of those things that's like, oh, wow, God cared about that. Like, my not wanting to wear a moon boot or a cast, like, he actually cared about that and healed that. And, you know, sometimes we can't understand the prayers God answers and doesn't, but it's always been still ask, still pray, because if it matters to you, it matters to God. Awesome.
1: It's great. Hey, Beej, is there a moment in your life when you saw God answer a specific prayer for you? Um, yeah, similar to Jordan, we're always encouraged to, like, to pray, because if it matters to you, it matters to God, and I remember when I was in year seven, I was in, like, a new class, new year with, like, none of my friends, and that was, like, horrifying, (laughs) because I was, like, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit alone, that's so embarrassing, (laughs) so I was, like, I just remember throughout the year, I was just praying to God, I just need a friend, I need, like, a close friend, I need someone that's going to be there for me, and, um, it was... It was really cool. He opened up this opportunity to get to know one of my classmates who I'd never really spoken to. She wasn't even, like, new that year. She just, I just hadn't spoken with her. And um, now we're really close friends because of that year. So that was just, like, a really cool thing that God's greatness has done for me. Awesome. Good. All right. So number one. On your beach.
0: We teach our children God's greatness. But the other thing Psalm 78 says we need to do is we need to teach our children God's word. He says, he decreed statutes and established the law in Israel. And what we have to understand, that word statutes there is sometimes translated testimony. Now, it's not talking about our testimony. It's talking about God's testimony. And the general idea is to talk about when you obey God, blessing comes, and when you disobey God, hurtful things and harmful things can happen. So we're to teach our children So that they don't get beaten down by the storms in life. Because storms happen. Things happen to us in life. But we don't want them to be swayed by the chaos of culture or beaten by the storms of life. We need to teach them God's statutes, God's word, so that they can apply it in their own life. I read a quote once where it says, Bury the seed deep in the soil so the tree will stand strong in the storm. Now, BJ... I want you to give us an insight into what learning about God's word looked like at home because I'm sure people think as a pastor's kid there's something that magical super that we do but how about you give us a bit of an insight what that looked like at home.
1: Um, Well, growing up, my friends have, like, joked about, like, oh, my gosh, do you, like, just do Bible studies every day? Is that what you do, like, at home? And I was like, no, like, um, but one thing we have always done is we've always prayed, like, every night before bed, we've always prayed, we've always quoted, like, scripture, because we know healing is in God's word, and I remember in 2019, I went through, like, a really rough patch of, like, where I really struggled with anxiety, and um, I've always kind of grown up as, like, a more anxious child. I know, like, You saw me up here earlier singing, you know, performing, but, like, I wouldn't even do kindy recitals when I was younger. Like, that was, like, terrifying. So being able to do that now can only come from, like, God and his word that I've, like, prayed every night. The scripture, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 um, talks about how we've not been given a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. And that's really been my mantra, and that's because we've grown up with you and Dad always telling us, like, If you're struggling, you can go to God, you can go to His Word, and there's always an answer there. Great, great.
0: George, perhaps you can tell us what we've done that maybe helped you know and apply God's Word.
2: Yeah, um, I think we always have the saying, like, what's your one thing? Um, so when you come on, a ch- on t- to church on a Sunday and you drive home, and we learnt the lesson pretty fast. So they would say you get in the car and you knew it was coming, so you had to like you'd be prepared. So you flick through your notes. So, so Dad would always ask the question, "How was this morning?" And you be like, "Oh, good," but good was never good enough. Like you knew you have to. So he's like, "Okay, what's your one thing?" So because obviously we hear like a whole. Um, sermon, we hear all these like great points, but it's like, what's the one thing you can carry into your week? And so that's what so then that became like a habit. It's like you gotta have your one thing. (laughs) And even um recently Mitch's girlfriend came over and he prepped her in the car because he's like, Dad's gonna ask, what's your one thing? (laughs) He's like, good is not good enough. (laughs) So she's like, okay. (laughs) So we like set her off in family culture. But yeah, I think that made it so much easier. It's just finding that one thing. What's the one thing I can take away this week? What's the one thing I can work on this week rather than oh, it seems so overwhelming and then sometimes you're like, oh, that whole message was for me. But, yeah, what's that one thing I can outwork?
0: Great, great. I know Bailey downplayed it. You saw a little bit of her in that video where she's so... She's with Alicia and she's so shy. I mean, I don't know laser vision. I don't know what the concern is there that you think I have. But she was really, really, really super shy. So what you saw today is a testimony of Bailey taking what we have laid out, the foundation of God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, Beach, but he's given you one of power of love and a sound mind. And we have declared that over her every day. We pray it every night, even now, last night, is it true? She lays on her bed, dad lays one side, I lay the other. We talk about our day, we pray for her and we always pray that over her because we've understood what the cripplingness of anxiety and the cripplingness of being worried about the wrong things, but for her to have an understanding that God didn't give it to me. And she's got that because we've laid a legacy of, no, God hasn't given that to you. God hasn't, doesn't mean you're not experiencing it. We're just saying, let's re- recognise where the source is. And she, I just, I'm so proud to be able to watch her because it's okay for us to lay that foundation, lay that foundation, leave that legacy. But she has applied that legacy and she's walked in that. So, Bae, we're so proud of you. It's amazing what you've done. Hey, the third principle I see in Psalm 78 that we're to uh, leave for our kids is we're to teach our children how to trust God. It says he commanded our ancestors to teach the children. And parents, here's where we have to recognise and understand that we teach our children to trust God by trusting him ourselves. We can't say think one thing and do another. We've just, you know what, we have to model this. A lot of these principles we're talking about is about us modelling to the next generation. It's not about just do it because I've said. It's about I'm going to show you how this works. So we need to model it to our children. They learn from those who practise. And you cannot expect to lead the next generation into an area and a place that you yourself haven't been. And another quote that I read today was the sin and misery of man is that he has forgotten God by forgetting what God has done for him. And parents, that's why in that first um, point about just declaring God's greatness, tell people what God has done because we're so we've got such a great forgettery. We forget all the good things of God and we remember all the bad things of life. And we've got to understand, you know what? Stop forgetting what God has done but proclaim what he's done because when times are tough... And things don't work out the way we thought. We, we remember, no, God was faithful. God did, did it then. He can do it now. And many of you may know the a story of to, 2016 as a family. We travelled, uh, transverse Tony's uh, life and death situation, his sickness. Geordie, um, I'd like you to share with us maybe how did Dad's health challenge work out for you? How did it affect you, the things that happened in 2016?
2: Yeah. Um, during Dad's health challenge, it was interesting because obviously we knew he was unwell and in hospital and then came out of hospital, but it wasn't until quite some time later that I remember he was up on stage preaching about it and he shared about um, the infection count and how serious it was that he like almost died and sharing the story about Dan and how he was there and that really horrible night. And I remember sitting there like, oh, like I didn't think that was, it was that bad. Like, I was like, I know he was in hospital, but I didn't think it was that serious, that, oh, he almost died, and I just didn't realise that. Um, And I think, for me, I was grateful in the sense of that was, showed how mum modelled that season, because it wasn't a fake, oh, just put on a brave face, because I don't want the kids to know. It was a genuine, trusting God that he's got this, and no matter what's going to happen, I have faith that he'll work this out for the good, and she lived through that. And so... It wasn't that there was any lying or anything. It was just genuine trust that Mitch and I... And I think Beech was a bit younger at that time. But we just had that, oh, everything's going to be okay. And we actually were affected by her trust. And we got to live in the freedom of that. And, yeah, it wasn't until later we realised, oh, wow, it was so serious. And the effect that must have had on you. But we just got to live in your trust. And that's really spoken to me and set the platform for me in your trust. And I know... um, at the end of last year, we got broken into, um, into our house while we were home early in, uh, in the morning um, and obviously sorted all that out. And it is a scary confronting time, um, but I just remember being like, no, we're not going to be a slave to fear. And in the same way that that was modelled to me, I'm like, I've got a choice to make now and live in God's trust that it's going to work out and when people say oh are you afraid to go home tonight or "Oh, is it really scary like sleeping at home it's like no I've got trust in God that it's going to work out and it's going to be okay and that's what I've learned. From Great
0: me. awesome really good. <laughs> just I'm going to move on to the fourth principle in a minute but I just want to pick up something Geordie said she said how she didn't realize how serious it was And I want to digress on this. Parents or people who are training the next generation, we need to be careful what we display to our kids. I think there's way too many people say way too much. I believe in honesty and openness, but I also believe in wisdom. And so our kids knew Dad was sick, but they didn't know the reality of what it really was like. I didn't need to bring them in on that level. And I just think, parents, be careful what you say because what you say opens doors and then you find yourself in situations and seasons and you think why am I here and why are my kids dealing with this and why are we having to walk through this it's because you opened a door way back when that you didn't need to open so just wasn't in my notes just a little side thing I just think it's not about um, Geordie being naive it's about my role Protecting the next generation. We need to protect this next generation so they can walk in the legacy that God has for them. And so, then, just finally, the final principle that we need to teach our children is um, how to obey God. It says that they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And, church, we've got to really be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We will, we need to teach the next generation how to hold on to their convictions because the truth is we're not always going to be with them. Uh, Geordie's married now. We're not there. She's got to have our own set of convictions. Our son, Mitch, is in New Zealand. He left two years ago. And it's that kind of, hey, we've laid a foundation. We've let them go. But have we built in them an obedience to God so that when we're not there, they make those decisions for themselves? And so, Bege, I want to ask you this question. What does obeying God mean to you?
1: Um, for me, obeying God means like putting his plans bef- uh, for myself before my own. And um, it's definitely easier said than done. But um, I remember a few years ago at our, one of our family day services, mum told me that like, I had this opportunity that I could um, do hosting with her. And immediately, I was like, immediately, no. No, no way. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's like terrifying, um, getting up in front of all these people. But I was really encouraged to like pray to God about it. And just to, like, trust him with it. So I was like, look, God, I don't really want to do this. But if I've got to, like, tell me and I'll do it. And I just felt him just say, like, you've got to do it. Like, you have to do it. It'll help you, like, so much in the future. And I I managed to do it. It was probably a little rocky, but, like, I crushed it, you know. (laughs) So thanks to, like, that from obeying God by doing that, He's able to pave the way for me to do so many more things now and like in the future because I all because I like obeyed him then, I can do all this stuff now. So awesome, it's good. Hey, maybe
0: um, but George, obedience is never easy because if it was, then we'd always obey. But what's helped you gain the desire to be obedient?
2: Um, I think for me, it's always that the conversation you and Dad have opened up around why we need to be obedient and the things we need to be obedient to um i think even uh before i got married um obviously the bible says no sex before marriage and i remember that was something growing up in church you always knew but i just remember the most helpful thing was actually um dad having a conversation with i think even nathaniel and i about it's actually about trust it wasn't he wasn't a, oh. The Bible says don't, so don't. It actually was a conversation of, it's because he said, you know, if you realise if he can say no to you now and you can say no to him now, it builds trust. Good. And that helps you in your future relationship when you are married, then you know you can trust each other. And that's easier to hold on to. than, Oh, the Bible says don't do it. And then you focused on, oh, I can't do it and don't want to stuff up. It's like, no, actually, this is about building my future and this is what's going to help me because God loves me. And yeah, just those conversations, and we've had many of those about, it's never been, oh, the Bible says this, so don't do it, or the Bible says this, you have to do it. It's been a conversation, this is why, and that's always easier to hold on to and be inspired to follow it.
0: Great, great. So bringing understanding, that's awesome. It's wonderful. Well, Church, I hope you've enjoyed uh, a little bit of an insight into our family and believing that we're here to leave a legacy and that they can walk in that legacy. So I'm going to ask, would you please put your hands together for Jordan and Bailey as they make their way off the stage? Thank you. You know, classical poet Virgil wrote this, as the twig is bent, so the tree inclines. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, in the amplified version, train up a child in the way he should go teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The next generation, those who are coming behind us, can't walk in what they don't know. And we have a responsibility as the household of faith, as the family of God, to be able to tell this next generation about God's greatness. So can I encourage you as of today, talk about how good God has been to you. Bring your family, bring your friends, bring those in your world on the journey of God's greatness. Talk about His Word. Understand that this is what it means. This is what God has said. This is what He's requiring of us and teach those who follow us how to trust and obey Him. And when we do that, I believe that the next generation will walk in the legacy that they've called to. And the wonderful thing about God is he hasn't left us to do it by ourselves, but that he empowers us to be able to do that. And I just love the opportunity to pray for each and every one of us. If you're comfortable, would you close your eyes, please, bow your heads. Father, I just pray right now that you would walk alongside each and every one of us, that you would give us the wisdom and the grace and the strength to be able to do what it is that we need to do, that we would declare your goodness, that we would be examples and role models to this next generation. And as we walk out our legacy, as we do our part, won't you come and just walk alongside us and impart into those who follow behind, that they would have the freedom and the liberty, the grace and the strength, to walk in the legacy that we leave behind. And all God's people said, Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about life, then
0: visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay
1: connected.